everyone. Um, welcome to Courageous Wellness. Yes, Courageous Wellness. Um, I'm Erica. I'm Allie. And today we have the most beautiful special guest, uh, the Miss Kendra Sen here with us today. Welcome, Kendra. Thank yeah. you guys for having me. Thank you for being on. So Kendra, you know we like we've started this because Erica and I came to our an idea of having this podcast because we've been talking about our own individual journeys so much and yeah. how we came, became interested in wellness through our own experiences and what that means for us as individuals. So we've started kind of spreading the net and yeah. seeing what that means for everybody else on their own individual journeys. Um, so yeah, we want to, we want to talk to you about your journey and how, um, just like how you've come to value whatever mm-hmm. wellness means to you in your yeah, life. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel really fortunate. I grew up in a very wellness conscious family. Um, my dad and mom had me much later in life. Um, so my mom was 44 when she had me. Um, and my dad is 12 years older. So he was 56 when I was born. So Um, you know, I grew up, they were very wellness conscious just for, you know, the longevity kind of purposes, knowing Mm -hmm. that they had, which I really appreciate because they, you know, wanted to be around for me. And then I had a little brother come 18 years later. So my mom was 53 when she had my brother. And so, um, so I feel very fortunate with that. It felt very unfair as a kid because, you know, I didn't get the sugary cereals. I got bran flakes and I, you know, didn't get to go through the drive throughs and all of that. Very much appreciate that now, but as a kid, it felt very unfair. Um, so I would say, and I always grew up an athlete. I was a cheerleader and gymnast and then played water polo in high school. So I was always very athletic and I grew up with four brothers, so very tomboy and So I guess things started once I got my driver's license and could drive to get my own food. So I quickly discovered the Taco Bell drive-thru and, you know, started frequenting that a lot. And I think I always had that mindset as long as I'm exercising and all of that, then I can eat whatever I want. So, um, so I think that's what started with the weight gain, um, And that went on through the end of high school. Um, I actually joined Jenny Craig when I was like 17 and yeah. (laughs) Um, and you know, I feel like I was very embarrassed of that in high Mm. school because you know, everyone would go out to lunch and I'd have like my pre-made like Jenny Craig food. And, um, so that started my interest, I guess, in the more traditional sense of wellness, which, you know, the nutrition and and fitness and all of that. And that went through my early twenties. Um, but then I had this other side of wellness that didn't appear till later, but, um, I started drinking when I was about 15 years old and honestly, probably only about a year into it, it started getting very problematic, Mm -hmm. um, having a lot of consequences, being the friend that was always the drunkest and, you know, um, So that started becoming very destructive in my life. Um, And I think I used my, you know, health and wellness to make up for that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I would eat really well and then, you know, get drunk and then go to Taco Bell or, you know, (laughs) something like that. But it was always, I felt like that allowed me to justify. Yeah. 
the the drinking part um mm-hmm. and I remember you know getting up and going to water polo practice and like smoking cigarettes on my way to water polo <laughs> practice and yeah but you know I had this very skewed mindset of like oh as long as I'm doing you know the traditional sense of the health and wellness then that way I don't have to you know take care of the rest of this stuff yeah well I think it's so interesting because especially like even just like 10 years ago or five years ago I think the wellness fear or health and everything was so different, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, you know, for instance, like I was a vegetarian and most of that had to do with like wanting to control my weight and wanting to be healthy Mm -hmm. as opposed to like, you know, even though I thought it was for these ethical, beautiful reasons, but it was just so, you know, I could control my eating or different habits. So I think when you're younger and you don't under or your brain is still developing you just read magazines or you watch tv shows mm-hmm. and you're like well they're all drinking and they're going yeah. to taco bell and how does that person get to eat taco bell and binge yeah. drink all night and not gain weight you know you don't have this like concept of what it actually is like doing to your body <laughs> yeah like what that what that can mean absolutely and we talk about it too and you can kind of elaborate on this if you want you know part of our own journeys and like continuing journeys it's never like it doesn't ever end or stop it's just something you become aware of is that like and what we want to talk about in in this kind of podcast series is like the connection that wellness has it's not just like physical wellness it's spiritual wellness it's Mm -hmm. emotional wellness like what does that mean and how it's all connected at the end of the day so you can like you can be you know a really quote unquote healthy eater or really physically fit, but like, are are you happy? Are you reaping the benefits of that? Like, if you haven't kind of gotten to that place, yeah, yeah, through your own sort of like emotional or yeah. spiritual journey, or so. Yeah, I completely agree, and I love the direction that the wellness industry I feel like is finally taking, yeah. where it's more of a holistic kind of thing. And I think what you guys are doing is awesome. Um, but I remember being very focused on the outer stuff of the, the weight loss. And I, you know, always had a scale in my bathroom. I haven't owned a scale in like five years. Cause yeah. it's like, Same. I yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know why I would do that to myself. Um, and so I remember, you know, thinking if I had the weight, if I had, you know, if I was going to the right school, if I had the right relationship. And yeah. I remember, you know, being, think I was like 20 years old and I was in this relationship that I thought I really wanted and um funny story actually so I started dating my Jenny Craig counselor um (laughs) and um you know fell fell hard for him and um he was a personal trainer and Mm. you know so we ended up actually trying to like attempting to start this business together teaching fitness classes in corporate offices so you know I'm 20 I like have this business I'm in this relationship I like you know I'm working out obsessively and eating well and I was so miserable Mm. like so miserable um and I, you know, I, you know, I remember thinking, I just have to mature to be happy. Like, I remember yeah. thinking like, when I turn 30, I will be happy. Like, I don't <laughs> know why I had this like weird thing in my head, but I, I felt like I had all the stuff that I needed to be happy and I was so miserable and it turned out, you know, I wasn't in touch with myself. So the relationship I was in was super toxic, mm-hmm. very destructive. 
Um, you know, I had this weight that I thought I wanted, but I, you know, wasn't taking care of the insides of me. So, um, I totally agree that if you don't have the inner stuff, probably first, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. um, the outer stuff just, you know, it's not going to feel the way you think it should. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Cause between, so like between the the weight loss and mm-hmm. everything you went through to your journey. I know you said you've been sober for five and a half years. Yeah. It was like, when did that whole transition kind of merge yeah. together? Yeah. You know, was it? Cause, cause I think it's so interesting too. Did you, you lost the weight before you got yes. sober? Yeah. So, you know, I think that's so interesting too, because we think, right. Um, our life is going to be one way when we lose the weight right. yes. or, or something external yeah. changes. Yeah. But then, you know, like, you know, you just fill that void that you filled with food yeah. with, with, something. with something else totally. or like even, you know, you could, it's just, we're constantly trying to fill this hole that until we deal with, be it food, alcohol, drugs, whatever it yeah. is, um, it doesn't matter what our outsides look like, right. you know, um, cause we're still going to be you know, going through that cycle. So what was that like for you? Yeah. So I, on it, like I looking back and obviously hindsight's 2020, it was very apparent that my drinking was problematic, you know, probably starting at 16. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually my mom approached me, I think when I was about 17 and said, I think you're an alcoholic. Mm. Um, which, you know, I did not agree with at that time. <laughs> um, I kind of had that idea that everyone drinks to blackout and everyone, you know, all of my friends do this. And she had me do this, like 10 questions to tell if you're an alcoholic. And I'm like, that's just high school kids, you know? And, um, so I, so that was brought to my attention pretty early on. Um, but then I got, when I got into that relationship, that while I still drink, that became my new addiction, Mm. that the relationship. Uh And so that's what I used to fill that void. Mm. Um, and you know, I remember having to put my, like, you know, my family in this weird situation where my mom was happy that I was in this relationship because I wasn't drinking, but Mm. she also knew the relationship was really toxic. So, Mm. you know, trying to put your mom in the situation of, do I want my daughter to be drinking herself to death or in this horrible relationship? And so, um, so I think, and you know, in, in high school I had, you know, I was hospitalized for alcohol poisoning multiple Mm. times, Mm -hmm. crashed cars, you know, um, injuries and, and all of that which, you know, now I reflect on and it's, it's so obvious that alcohol is the issue, but Mm. at the time the the denial was, was very deep. And so I think I really, you know, escalated quickly in my drinking after the relationship ended because Mm. I no longer had that other thing to fill that void. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I think I, I think I got sober a little over a year after that relationship ended. So in that year was, I had turned 21 and, you know, finally could go to bars and, and all of that. And so, but you know, what got me sober was, um, I think that's a big part of why I, I have my spiritual, you know, beliefs now is because I, I, I don't believe anything else got me sober aside from like something from the universe because mm. my Friday, it's January 7th, 2013, January 6th, I had no intentions of getting sober. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what sobriety <laughs> looked like. I, you know, thought I just drank too much. I didn't think I was an alcoholic. And all of a sudden, January 7th, I was in an AA meeting saying I'm an alcoholic asking for help. 
So, yeah. And so it was a very, and you know, the thought process that morning, I had drank too much on the sixth and, um, my brother's, one of my brother's best friends found me passed out at a bar Mm -hmm. and he called my brother and my brother took me to my parents' house. So I woke up from a blackout Monday morning at my parents' house and I think at that point I knew that I would have to come up with some other reason to justify why I was drinking that way. You know, I used that I'm in a toxic relation or I was in a toxic relationship. Um, my school's really hard and all of that. And I, I think that morning was the first time where my mind was blank and I just realized, I think I just finally realized like Kendra alcohol is the problem Mm. instead of, you know, being Mm. able to, I couldn't defend it anymore, I guess. Um, So I, you know, I asked my mom for help. I did go into like an outpatient treatment program, but I was in my last semester at USC. I didn't want to delay graduation. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't willing to give up that. So I, you know, would go to school during the day and then would go to a program Mm -hmm. at night. And so that's where that, that sobriety journey began. And then that journey, you know, has had a ton of ups and downs Mm -hmm. because when you take away the alcohol, and the drugs it's like the void is very there and very you know it's like you I compare it to like feeling like I was constantly naked in a public place Mm. like I felt so vulnerable and so raw and I wasn't even like a you know I didn't drink from morning to night so it's not like I was always drunk but it was just knowing that that wasn't there Mm. as a you know as a crutch or something to and two they you know they say if you're drinking alcoholically, you know, you stop maturing emotionally because mm-hmm. you no longer have to deal with your feelings anymore. Cause you usually mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. go drink them away. So, um, so that, you know, I remember thinking like, okay, once I cut out alcohol, my life will get better, you know? And it did just, you know, um, in the fact that I wasn't, you know, destroying things anymore and being destructive, but then it was like, okay, now I have to heal from the inside. Yeah. And I remember thinking like when I got sober, oh, I'll lose weight, like, that, you know, <laughs> and I didn't because then I started eating a lot more because yeah. I didn't have that. So it's, you know, that, that was the beginning of that journey. And that the last five and a half years have been a lot of, you know, ups and downs of learning what wellness means to me now, I guess. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so amazing. I think what's so interesting too, you know, like a couple of things you said that I can like really relate to you know, like the first being like when you were drinking that much in high school and even if, you know, you, your mom could see it or you could see yeah. it on like an internet test or a piece of paper, like this is binge drinking, this is alcoholic behavior. Yeah. It's just what everyone is doing. Yeah. You know, so it seems right. so like normal, especially in those like college years and those high school years. And I think so many people drink not even because they want to but because that's just what you do you know like it's friday night so we're gonna like black out and eat taco bell and then like not eat the next day you know it's just like this it's this culture of like you know and fortunately like you know like but i think a lot of people you know carry that as they continue and it's just such an interesting part of you know what you know, I don't know if it's going to continue with like generation Z or not, but I think the millennial culture has definitely been like high school and college. It's just, it is what everyone's doing. It's what happens on the weekends or at someone's birthday or on a Vegas trip or yeah. It's interesting that you say that like part of the journey is learning that if you, I'm sorry, you can correct me if I'm like recapping this a little wrong, but like 
when you start drinking, like your emotional maturity yeah. sort of gets yeah. stunted. But it's interesting because I think a lot of people, the way they get um, introduced to alcohol, if it's not like in a quote unquote like healthy way with their family, yeah. that it's in this, oh, I'm going to drink too mature. Yeah. Yeah. And that's can true. develop these unhealthy relationships with yeah. drugs and alcohol. Yeah. But then. In fact, it has the opposite. The opposite. Yeah. It's when it goes there. Yeah. So interesting. Or the opposite, like, result. And I think, too, you know, like, how you said, like, or even just that the drinking, you don't deal with the emotions. I actually have that exact situation with, like, food. So, like, I'm totally addicted to, like, food. Yeah. Like, I, I... shared on the podcast and, and I know I shared with you, like I lost 40 pounds, yeah. but it's so interesting because, um, you know, like actually I haven't been drinking this month at all. And, you know, I would, it made me realize, wow, like if I was feeling, if I had a long bad day, I would grab a glass of wine or mm-hmm. if I was having like any sort of stressful moment, you know, anything with my family, I'd have some sort of like something to soothe myself with, with yeah. alcohol. And now cutting that out, you know, it's made me realize how, how much I do that with food actually yes. because um you know not having the alcohol there that glass I'm like reaching for um food to like self-soothe for something to, yeah. to, to still give me that feeling and it's made me realize like yes I totally know that I have like emotional eating and I have like all of these like emotional eating habits but I didn't realize how addicted to food I was until I took out alcohol interesting because it's this month like even um Last night, actually, I was telling Allie on the drive down here, I was like, you know, I just had like this stressful day and, you know, I'm like PMSing and all this stuff. But like, literally, I like topped off a bag of Siete gluten-free chips. You know, I know it's not like the worst thing, but I wasn't like physically hungry. Yeah. I was definitely like emotionally hungry. And, you know, I'm becoming more mindful to that. And I'm hoping that like, through not self-soothing with that glass of wine or, you know, I can really start dealing with like, what is this hole that even though I've lost the weight and I've kept it off or, you know, what is it that I'm still trying to like self-soothe? It's so interesting. So I really admire, you know, for five and a half years, (laughs) you were able to not only take out what you self-soothed with, but then like not do it, you know, especially if you were 21, you know, what young yeah you you know it's like at that age we're maturing just in general totally right so it's like we're figuring out who we are in the in the world Mm -hmm. um how we want to spend our time who we want to spend our time with yeah and to also have this kind of like intense I mean in a one way you can I don't know speak to this did it help you clue in to that sooner totally yeah yeah and I think I I do remember thinking getting sober at 21 is a death sentence. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, my life yeah. is <gasps> Yeah. But it's so funny because it's like, oh, the fun is over. And then I look and I'm like, I was not having fun. Mm. Like, you know, wh- you know, blacking out and having to like clean up from the night before and having all your friends, you know, confront you for your drinking problem. Like that's <laughs> not fun, yeah. you know? Um, but it is funny that that was so ingrained in me is, you know, drinking is fun. Um, and I was a very, you know, I think I always considered myself to be very much a chameleon growing up. It's like, I'm also like still very strong people pleaser. So Mm -hmm. it was, you know, if you like this and I like this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
you know, the process of getting sober, I think, especially in early sobriety, it's, you know, I did have the, you know, already being early twenties, not knowing what I wanted to do or who I, you know, what I, who I wanted to hang out with and all of that. But it's also, um, then taking away the alcohol, which, you know, I think now I look at it, it was a very, I very easily probably would have been very severely injured, like killed someone drinking driving. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it was, I think it's something that it was very cool that I was able to do it that young, but it was also a very dire situation, Mm -hmm. I guess, if, if that makes sense. And so, um, and I remember thinking, okay, whatever sobriety is going to look like, I have no idea what it's going to look like, but I just know that I have to do it. Mm -hmm. I guess that was, you know, and I remember going, um, I got really involved in the 12 step community pretty quickly, which I'm really grateful for because, you know, I, I couldn't hang out with the old friends because they just wanted to go to bars and I didn't feel safe in bars because, you know, it's like, yeah, it's triggering. And so I remember walking with, um, an older woman and, telling and she asked like why are you know what landed you in an AA meeting and I told mm-hmm. her and I remember she looked at me and she said if you don't get sober like you will die mm-hmm. and I remember that being very um very powerful and mm-hmm. I don't think she was meaning it to you know be like fear tactic I think she just you know said it um honestly and I feel really grateful for her to to you know be honest mm-hmm. with me and say that Um, so I think I realized like this will be uncomfortable, but like, I have to do this. Um, but there were definitely days in early sobriety where it was like, I just have to go to sleep. Cause it's like, you don't have anything to take the edge off. Like I don't, I didn't necessarily have a grasp on, you know, the spirituality piece and all of that. So it's like, I just have to go to bed, Mm, you know? And like, there's times still where it's like, I feel, you know, I've always suffered from anxiety and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, I just have to take a nap Yeah, Mm -hmm. just in, you know, because you know, staying up. It's like, if I'm trying to work, it's like, I'm not going to get anything done. So I might as well just pattern interrupt, take a nap. Um, and then, you know, as I matured in my sobriety, then I started learning kind of other tools and, um, you know, in the 12 step community, you get a sponsor. So, you know, I had a woman that I could call on every day Mm. and, you know, kind of walk and have her walk me through some stuff. And I did go through the 12 steps, which, in my opinion, really just gave me a whole new set of eyes to look at the world with. Um, so I, I slowly started getting those tools, but in the beginning it's like, you know, it's discomfort. Um, and then later on came the whole, how am I going to have fun piece? And I remember people saying like, we'll go bowling. And I'm like, that sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to go bowling. And, um, then I got to learn like what I really like. And so when Mm -hmm. I started, um, dating my now fiance, we started going to a lot of music shows. And so now it's like, I, you know, I get to go to Coachella and I do it sober, which, you know, at one point seemed unfathomable to be able to go do that. And, you know, I've been to Las Vegas, like I've, I've done everything and, you know, an early 20 year old should be able to do. I just, you know, did it without the alcohol, but that came with time. I definitely couldn't do that right away. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what too, like, what has the reaction been from some people who, you know, like, are you their friends with you or like, yeah. ha, were, did you keep any of the old friends yeah. or any Socially people? Had a yeah. yeah. Like, for you, like in your life now. You yeah. Know? Um, I, fortunately or unfortunately, um, I guess my drinking problem wasn't necessarily a secret. So mm-hmm. I think most people be, were very, ex, you know, happy mm-hmm. for me that I was doing that. 
Um, I had a couple people that, you know, didn't necessarily, and you know, unless you've known an alcoholic or Mm -hmm. had experience with someone with addiction problems, um, you know, a lot of people think that you can just decide, like realize and become self-aware that you have a drinking problem and then, um, drink normally, like just, Mm. Oh, you're aware, you know, then you can do it. Or they think like, okay, if you go to treatment for 30 days, like you're cured for the rest of your life. And so I think there's, I think the only thing that I dealt with were people just not quite understanding like the severity of alcoholism and, and, you know, people think like, Oh, well you have to go to those meetings for forever and Mm. kind of stuff like that. Um, and I remember my dad even, um, like not necessarily agreeing with me calling myself an alcoholic because he felt like it was a very almost demeaning term, I guess. Um, and thinking like I was putting myself in this corner by calling myself an alcoholic. Mm. And then as time went on and he saw all the benefits of me and, you know, just kind of saw my life just explode again. Um, I, um, through that really toxic relationship that I had like 18 through 20, I let go of a lot of my friends anyway, just because, you know, the relationship was controlling. And so I didn't necessarily have a lot of the old friends around Mm -hmm. and, but through my sobriety and through the amends process, like I have been able to go back to those Mm -hmm. old friends and, you know, make amends for my behavior and reconnect. And we're not necessarily as close as we used to be. And, um, but you know, that's, that's okay. And at least now I'm on good terms and my social circle now is, most people in my life are, um, you know, are sober, which, mm. which is really nice and makes it easy to, to yeah. be able to go out and, and go to Coachella cause you're with eight other sober people. And yeah. so you're not necessarily tempted to, yeah. to do anything. No, that's so, that's so awesome. It is. It's so beautiful. Your whole journey. And Thank you. I think yeah. it's so inspirational because I do, you know, I think too, like even like hearing the world word alcoholic, right? You think yeah. of someone who's drinking all day mm-hmm. or wakes right. up and has to have or that non, beer. Like non-functional. Non- yeah. Like, she's like, but like there's so many high-functioning alcoholics. Right? Yeah. I come from a family of alcoholics. <laughs> okay. So like, I mean, not like my yeah. immediate family, yeah. but like many, many yeah. in my family. Yeah. Like, historically through like the generations. Yeah. Well, so. And it doesn't have to be like a dirty word. And I think totally. too yeah. like... But, but it is, I think it's because, and hopefully as our society changes and we grow and, you yeah. know, hopefully even in this wellness community, it's like there, we were just talking about, there's either AA or there's like nothing else. Yeah. You're either an alcoholic or you're sober, you know, but then, and I think that's why even just taking a month off or, you know, I yeah. don't know, like just deciding not to drink right now has like freaked out a lot of people in my yeah. life because they're like, but why do you know? Cause it's, there's not, but it's just, I, you know, it's just, it's so interesting how it can be so triggering for other, for other people, people. Yes. when for yourself, you're just like, Oh, but I just like, I just don't want to have a glass of wine. I'd rather just like journal tonight yeah. or, you know, you guys get the bottle. I'm going to have water yeah. because I just want to like yeah, do it, something different in this season of my life. And of course, like I have friends who like, don't even care. They're like, Oh, jealous. You're probably going to lose like five pounds this month, <laughs> you know, which, you know, actually I did. I lost like four pounds this month. And the only thing I changed was, was like yeah. cutting out alcohol. But, um, and I wasn't even drinking that much. So it's amazing what my body holds on to. I've also found, but you know, I think for those people, you know, too, it's like, it just, it is, I think it is triggering for a lot of people if they're drinking in whatever capacity they are and they might not feel good about it. Someone for a totally different, like 
health and wellness reason might decide to stop drinking and it still is triggering. So I think it's interesting as our society changes because we do live in a very like social drinking yeah. world. Yes. And um, yeah, like I said, like this month has been so eye opening and it's so funny because I did it in January too. Okay. But um, no one had a problem in January because January it's is dry, like a very, dry, isn't it dry, yeah, January. dry January? Yeah. January is like a very accepting month to like yeah. not drink. Right. Cause everybody's everyone's trying to, so, but it's so funny I, that doing it in May, which isn't like a socially acceptable time to do it <laughs> has like, you know, but Honestly, I feel so great. I'm like, I might do it. She's like, I might do it another month. I might yeah, do it because I actually like, I just I feel, feel so good and clear and like I have more energy and totally. you know I'm not waking up with like a wine headache. Yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. I mean, I don't I'm not like a big drinker, but even just like I find as getting older, like you just wind up feeling and I enjoy it socially a little bit here and there, but like you feel like shit more and more the older you <laughs> That's are. true. And that's like that's a reality. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's just of like what it what it does to you. Yeah. And you know, it's great if you can have like a a fine relationship. You know, people have like yeah. their demons in different areas, right? Totally. They manifest differently. Um and like I enjoy going wine tasting like the person, <laughs> but like it's you know, we're talking a lot, we've been talking about a lot diet and different, exploring different sorts of like yeah. f- food and, and what, but like even going to the Kelly Lubeck event, what things sort of become in your system. Yeah. And when you're thinking about it, you're just from a, from like, um, like what you're putting into your body point of view, it's sugar. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And sugar. so it's going to make you, well, I think that's why I feel so that. much better. make you feel like shit regardless yeah. of whether it's like, yeah, you know, whether or not a drug you have or not, totally. right? Like. That, like, like I still have, like, a cookie or this, that, and the other, but I'm just not adding, like, extra yeah. sugar. But it has. Like I said, it's made me realize just taking one thing away, which anybody could do. Maybe they, like, overexercise or they, you know, um, overeat or yeah. whatever it is that we all have our, like, like crutch, right? Or that toxic friendship or relationship, yeah. whatever it is in our life. It's so funny because just removing just one thing just to be like, hey... I didn't feel great in April and I want to do something different in May. It's made me realize, wow, it's so easy for me to not drink, but it's so hard for me not to eat that whole bag of chips. Totally. You know, so hard for me not to eat that whole bag of chips. Or it's easy for me maybe not to drink, but um, it also made me realize how much I was just drinking because it was there. You know, because someone would order the bottle of wine. Not because I actually wanted to have that like delicious glass of wine in (laughs) front of me. You know, it was just like, I was going out with my friends or they would order a bottle of wine and why not drink? Cause it's just that yeah. social. And so it's made me not only realize like the stuff about the food, but also like how I want to be so in control of my decisions and my own life yeah. instead of just doing anything yeah. because it's there, totally. you know? So it's been a really interesting month. And like yeah. I told Allie, I'm like, I think I'm going to continue in June. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll yeah. see how it goes. But it is really inspiring to hear, you know, because you don't hear a lot about, you know, young people who have made that choice yeah. at 21 and have stayed sober. Cause like you said, like a lot of people, you know, I, uh, I, I have friends of friends or I know of people who did go to rehab for like drugs or alcohol, but then they start drinking again. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're totally. just like, Oh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, so, and maybe some people can do it, but I think there's not a lot of people who talk about it or talk about sobriety, especially in our age group. And I yeah. think, 
it's really interesting and beautiful, you know, to hear, yeah. Thank to you. hear your story. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, um, Kendra, we met at, um, the brunch series, yes. which is, uh, something else that you basically are like producing yes. and running. And so, <laughs> and actually, you know, in January we met and yeah. it was, it actually, it was one of the, I feel like it really changed my year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like truthfully, it was such like a beautiful female empowering. Yeah. Like maybe you can talk about it, but yeah. it really changed my mindset. I went in January and February and I was so inspired and it made me realize like, wow, like I want to live in my truth. And I think it ultimately like probably led me to even us doing this podcast together. Cause I think yeah. you have to be open to yeah. like doing things like this. So can you tell us a little bit about the yeah. series we would love and, to yes. hear about and how you got involved in it? Yeah. So I, um, it's interesting. I'll back up just a little bit, but, um, one thing that happened when I got sober was, um, I still had, I had taken over this corporate wellness business that I had started with my ex-boyfriend and, um, you know, gave it a good run, I think up until about two, two years ago. So I tried it and finally realized I don't like doing this because it was like one of those things that, you know, you get so where you start peeling back the layers and I realized like I might have been doing it more for my dad or to prove my ex wrong that I could run it and so you know the the whole career piece has been really interesting for me um since I got sober and I about almost about a year ago I quit a job I was at and I started working for my dad um part-time doing marketing work and stuff for him and um but I'm also very, always have to be busy, always have to have like my hands in a bunch of stuff. So, um, you know, that wasn't necessarily like enough work for me, I guess. So I'd been following Danica on Instagram for, I think about a year. Um, Danica Breisha. Danica Breisha. Yeah. Um, so she is, um, a body positive model. She's a super successful entrepreneur, you know, very inspiring. Um, and she actually, you know, doesn't drink not because of any reason aside from that. She likes the feeling of it. Um, and so I really related to her. She lives local in orange County. So, um, I started following her and I think right at the beginning of the year, she announced that she was going to start this event called the brunch series where, um, it would be for people, you know, in the Southern California area where she would teach her, um, it started out with just her self-care checklist, which has been completely life-changing for me of, you know, taking 30 minutes in the morning and going through a gratitude list and affirmations. And, um, so that, so she put an event for that. Um, and she announced the cost and I had just like gone on a mad Christmas spending binge. And so I remember thinking like, Oh, I can't, I can't do this. Um, and then, you know, the next thing was I'm looking for people to help out, um, you know, with the event in exchange to come. And I said, I have the time, you know, so I can do this. So I emailed her and um, you know, me and one other woman were selected to be, you know, the event producers and it was, you know, just supposed to be for January. And so, you know, we helped her put it together. It was, you know, super fun, super inspiring. And then, you know, we had the first event and I think we had two events in January and that's where I met you, Erica. And, um, like I instantly was like on, you know, this like high from it. Cause it's like, I incredible. Yeah. It was so inspiring. Um, I get to meet a lot of people, in sobriety who 
honestly out of necessity, like we kind of have to like grow spiritually and do all this stuff because otherwise we're going to be really uncomfortable being sober. So I'm lucky that I have that, but to see that in a different light and, you know, meet women who weren't necessarily, you know, in recovery and, um, see everyone come together, um, was so awesome. And so I ended up, you know, continuing with her to do the February event. So we had six events in February. Um, the next month was, then we had five events in March and March was all about finding your passion. And, um, and then she was like, I think I want to take this on the road. And then all of a sudden now she's on an eight month tour (laughs) across the United States, her, her boyfriend and their 200 pound dog Kingsley. Um, and so she's doing like over 50 events across the country. She started in April. So, um, she'll be in Nashville this weekend, but you know, she's so inspiring and, you know, very, I think I had, um, some, I don't know, like a bruise. I had a bruised ego basically from, you know, my, that business that I had not working. And mm-hmm. then, um, I went to open, I opened a female silver living house here in Orange County. Um, and I did that for a year and just realized that, you know, was not for me. Um, mm-hmm. so I ended up shutting that down. So I had like, in my head, I'm like, I have two failed businesses mm-hmm. in my life. And so, I, you know, have been very, but I'm also like, I know I'm an entrepreneur by nature. Um, you know, it runs in my family. I was in an entrepreneur program in college. And, um, so Danica has been really key for me. Um, one, just her being inspiring and seeing all that she does, but also meeting all the other women, you know, that a lot of people, you know, from March have, you know, we declared our big ideas and, talked about what we really want to do and getting to see all these women like put that into action has been so awesome and you know very motivating for me to realize like you know I don't think anyone looks at me and thinks like that girl's a failure it's like oh that person you know took a leap and like took a risk and you know it didn't work out but you know she keeps going so um so that's been that's it, like that's been very life-changing for me not just her content but just being around her and seeing her She's a go-getter for sure. Mm-hmm. Like no one just says like, I'm going to go on tour and then goes on tour, goes on a 50 plus yeah. stop tour. <laughs> and that was like in a week, you know, she was like, <laughs> I want to do this. And then it was like, here's my dates. And then here's where I'm, you know, and it's, it was, you know, so yeah. it's very cool. And, um, I've been learning a lot from her. So I feel really lucky for mm-hmm. that. That's amazing. And is it a female only community, the brunch series? Okay. Yeah. So we did have, I believe it was March. We mm-hmm. did open up to men, the event. Um, and then I, you know, I think the, the career one in March was a little different just cause, but you know, she talks a lot about food freedom and body positivity. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, more so with women. And, um, I think another thing I've learned in my journey through sobriety is how important like girlfriends are. Yeah. Um, and you know, I always thought I was like, Oh, I grew up with four brothers. I had a lot of guy friends growing up. Like I just like got, you know, I prefer to be friends with guys and through my sobriety, I learned, I liked being friends with guys because they're not really, I mean, some are emotional, but they're not necessarily emotional and Mm. you really have to kind of be in touch with yourself in order to have a reciprocal friendship with another woman, you know? And so that's something that through my journey now, that's like something I value so deeply is like being around other women and, and being able to be vulnerable and open and, you know, being a good friend. 
That's so Great. beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing everything. <laughs> yeah, with us you're today. welcome. Yeah, it's so um, beautiful. It's yeah, so incredible. It's very, and that's sort of like how our thing started. It, it kind of came organic from our own stories, and we're like, we wanna, we wanna hear every, every, yes. <laughs> well, we wanna hear everybody's because there's so many, like, there's so much sort of. It's a very saturated, this sort of like general wellness marketplace, yes, yeah. especially in Southern California. It's like a super saturated kind of platform and in every regard, right? So, but when, when you hear individual, just people of all different industries, all different like walks of life that who value their own wellness, mm-hmm. however it may look, however it may look mm-hmm. and however they've come to it. That like everybody has a really interesting story, and you can start to sort of break down the stigma of things like, for your situation, like for you with like weight loss, and drink, yeah. For you, I had, I mean, your sobriety. I went through cancer stuff yeah. a few years ago, and it's like you know we're all young people, yeah. and to kind of break down the stigma of talking about it, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of it will help. Well, hopefully it gives people the ability to realize, whoa, like whatever I'm going through, there's other people. Yeah. And not and being alone. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Yeah. That's that is a, a huge, huge thing. thing. And, um, so it doesn't have to be something like, you know, this big fancy sort of curated. Well, I think like a lot of what you see is like, you don't have to be like, all in or all out yeah. you can be somewhere in the middle yeah. and I think yes. a lot of what we see on social media of course is like the highlight reel it looks like everyone is just all in like a hundred percent and I think what's so inspiring about Danica and the brunch series you know it was just this amazing group of women mm-hmm. and what Danica is so good at is just being so honest and authentic yeah. about where she's at yeah. but I think hearing like real stories is so yeah just so then not everybody's getting paid like a million dollars to like hike and yes. do and do yoga and yeah. like make green smoothies and that's it. Like totally. that's their whole day every yeah. day. Or that you have to do that and be yeah. that committed to be healthy. Yeah. You know? And yeah, and also make it like your your brand, right? Like it yeah. can just be and maybe it, it and maybe it is your brand, but maybe it's also just your experience. Yeah. Like what what does that mean for someone who has a nine to five or someone who's an entrepreneur or someone who's doing it sober or someone who's in, yeah. you know, like what does it mean for all different kind of lifestyles? How yeah. do we incorporate that? Um, well, thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank and you I guys for having like, me. The strongest woman ever. And I can't wait to see like where life just continues to take you. Cause man, to do everything you did from starting the businesses, from getting sober to just like living your life, you know, like, you are just so courageous and incredible. Thank and you. congrats on your upcoming Yes, yes thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so yes. much. Thank Cheers you. for having me. Yeah.